Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Monday Night Live session with John and Todd. Yeah, John it's and Todd. When, it's good when I start out like uh, sounding like a drunk immediately. Uh, okay, let's get something right out of the way just in the beginning so you get the idea that, yeah, I do kind of sound, I probably am going to sound a little goofy because uh, I am kind of drugged. You're all going to learn about brain injury, whether you like it or not. And I realize I start a lot of these shows like, uh, you know, some old guy that goes, oh, what's wrong today? Oh, my leg hurts. Okay, here's the deal. Yesterday, it was a terrible headache day for me. It was sharp pain, sharp pain. It was uh, I'm not used to sharp pain in my brain. It's usually dull. And I took a drug. And it's a drug that my neurologist gave me. And it didn't do anything. But today, it turned me into a zombie. So this week, I see my neurologist. And I'm going to report to him that, yeah, the monthly injections have given me my life back, but the other drug does nothing except turn me into a zombie. And so I'm not as sharp as I'd like to be. How's that for a really crappy intro, Todd? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer, considering the fact that, A, you and I are supposed to provide therapy to people, and B, what a great weekend to be a Nebraska Cornhusker fan. I mean, holy moly, can it get any – well, you know, it could have been better if our football team would have played and we would have won. But holy smokes, you know, four big wins, if you ask me. Uh, volleyball, you know, they win two in the first couple rounds of the NCAA tournament. Now they're headed down to Louisville and they're going to take on Oregon, which, you know, that's going to be a tough test. We don't know – um, we have no idea um, what kind of a lineup Coach Cook's going to put out on the floor. It seems like um, with injuries and, and that kind of, and, and, you know, a little bit of illness, we never know. And then, you know, the, the wrestling team goes out to one of the toughest college invitationals in the season out in Las Vegas. Cliff Keen opens what they call it. And I'll be doggone if those boogers didn't win the whole thing um, with – three champs. That was awesome. And then I'm sitting around here the other day and just kind of scrolling through, you know, my, my laptop and stuff. And all of a sudden I see one of our writers, Jill, she's going on that it's the fourth quarter and Nebraska is ahead of Maryland in women's basketball. And then it just got bigger lead, bigger lead, bigger lead. And Gee, many Christmas, our girls just, our women, excuse me, our women absolutely kick some terrapin butt out there in Maryland. First time they beat them. Uh, so kudos to them. And then the coup de gras, <laughs> coup de gras is the men beat Creighton. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still sucking off the high of our football team beating Iowa. And then we have all this good stuff happen. I mean, can it get any better? Did you watch the Creighton game? You know what? I did. Did you? Good job. I good did. Job. I probably watched I watched a good three quarters of that basketball game. That's probably the most basketball in one setting I've watched for years. Couldn't get I, my I, eyes off of it. I did a post-game reaction video, and then I thought about it later. And I think one of the things I missed in the post-game reaction video was the thing, I, the thing that I was most impressed with, and that was uh, how confident they were, how confident they played. They didn't panic. They never lost track of themselves. You know, and 
I think Nate McHugh was in our Slack session talking about this, and we both noticed the same thing as when toward the end of the game when he thought, okay, Creighton's going to go on a run and destroy our hopes and dreams. You know, they came down the floor, they cleared out the side of the floor, and Sam Greasel just slowly backed his way down to the basket, and it was hilarious. I mean, it was hilarious. And Nate McHugh's comment was, we know you guys don't have the patience to play defense this long. And then if they came over and doubled, he just, you know, tossed the ball off to the guy that they left alone. And it was it was hilarious to watch that because they had no idea what to do with it. And he was so good at it. You know, between him and Derek Walker, he was so efficient. It was it was really fun to watch. I think you I mean, for us as fans, we're constantly used to have being disappointed. But they just looked like they were in charge the entire time and they knew it. And I think that was that was the thing that stuck out later for me was just, you know, they never panicked. They just took care of the game and they're like, yeah, whatever. Well, I'll tell you what, um, again, I, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, I'm a Nebraska fan. I'm a Fred Hoiberg fan. And uh, it was it was good to see, you know, Nebraska finally get that uh, Creighton Blue Jay off their back. And and uh, I don't know. I just I just thought, hey. You know, when when Husker fans let their, you know, put their heads on their pillows Sunday night, they had to feel pretty good about the way things had gone. Oh, my God. Linda Wilkins said, hey, have you heard that Lexi is going in the portal to Michigan to get closer to family? Is that true, Linda, or are you just making that up? Because, no, I, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen it either. That would be interesting, isn't? How is Michigan? Well, I think Lexi's from uh, the Chicago area. Um, they have to swim a, across the lake to get there. That would be. Uh, that would be. I don't know. That would be shocking. That would be really guess, interesting. But, you know, happened. we seem to just pull. Every time I think we're going to go, oh my God, we'll never have a volleyball player as good as this one. I always bring up Michaela Fecky, then Maddie Kubik comes along, and then we have, you know, Becca Alec. And it just, my God, the athleticism and the players just keep coming. So, yeah, I hope I'm with Vanessa Wyatt. I, I assume that she's saying, I hope not to Lexi. Uh, I hope not too, because, uh, wow, that would, I, she's fun to watch because she's just so dynamic. She's all yep. over the floor all the time. Okay. We still have Matt Rule as a coach. Should we go to just to football for a bit? Well, let's let's talk a little football. I think Matt Rule's making a lot of friends in the state of Nebraska the last few days. He you know it's, it sounds like he's hitting everywhere in the state. Uh who was it? Heather Denich uh posted on Twitter that if she had 40 million dollars, she wouldn't be in Norfolk, Nebraska. Which you kind of go, yeah, you know what? If I had $40 million, I wouldn't be there either. But if I was a football coach, I would be because there might be players there that I need to keep track of. And to see the home of Johnny Carson, you, you know, I, I get it. I'd probably be laying on a beach. No, I wouldn't. I'd be bored. I'd go to Norfolk, see the home of Johnny Carson. But uh, apparently he's gone all, all over the place. So kind of like you, Todd, yeah, all over the yeah. state in Nebraska. Have you Maybe run we should travel road? together. Have you run into Matt Rule on your travels? I have not run into Matt Rule on my travels. I think I've been in some of the same places that he's been. You know, judging by some of the photos that he's posted out there, um, I, I, I do not spend a lot of time in uh, living rooms of 18-year-old young men. But, um, you know, I've, I, I have been out quite a bit lately. And 
you know, here's here's the thing. Matt Rule has to win over the state of Nebraska. And, you know, uh, there's there's a lot of damage that's been done. And, you know, I think that one of the things that many Nebraska fans, um, you know, have to cope with, or and maybe some of them are really trying to cope with, is, you know, th- that disaster of what became of the whole Scott Frost thing. And, you know, if you step back at that and look at it a little bit, you know, for many fans, you know, the, the savior has returned, you know, the golden boy has returned. And, you know, you read a bunch of stuff about, you know, who better to, you know, bring back, you know, Nebraska football glory. You know, if, if Scott Frost can't do it, no one can do it. And, you know, I mean, all of that kind of stuff. And I think that um, because that took such a, a disastrous turn, and, um, you know, now that a lot of the stuff that was actually going on has kind of come to the surface, you know, I, I think that a lot of Nebraska fans have to be um, reengaged, you know, with, with the university and with the football program. And um, Matt Rule's got a – he's got an uphill, cl- uphill climb, but by what he's done in the first week on the job, it, it looks like he's uh, – Looks like he's doing all the right thing. Look at this. Ken McCone says, I'm drinking the rule aid. That that <laughs> is excellent. We're just stealing that forever from you, Ken. The rule aid. Yeah. The rule aid. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Angela, Matt, he says, can you give a shout out for Coronation's own baseball blogger, Aaron, who is also a big football fan? Thanks. You can do that, Todd. You can pronounce his last name. I can't pronounce Aaron's last name. That's why I call him Aaron. <laughs> shout out to Aaron Rostovskadi. Rostikogi. Rostikovich. I, uh, I, now I'm embarrassed. Because, you know, <laughs> being an educator for many, many years, I've made it a priority to be able to, A, call kids by their proper first name and pronounce it correctly. And I guess I've gotten lazy, but, you know, shout out to Aaron is is just one outstanding young man. Uh, you and I have gotten to know him, uh, you know, at baseball games and, and after baseball games. He's got a nice young family and um, he definitely bleeds Husker red, and and we're we're indebted to him when baseball season rolls around. That guy, that guy just does yeoman's work during the baseball season. Okay, Jack the Ripper has brought this up enough times that I'm starting to think he's on to something. And Jack the Ripper says again for the 19th time in the last 20 years, the National Football Champ will be a Nike-sponsored team. All of the final four teams, again, will be Nike-sponsored teams. Do you think there's something to that, Todd? No. What are you saying? Uh, what is that, what's that phrase? Uh, correlation is not causation? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'll go with that. <laughs> Brian Barr says, uh, first-year Hubbard... Uh, 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 First year Hoiberg has fielded a squad that plays like a team. I think there is something to be said for that. 
I mean, before we saw this kind of NBA style of basketball, and it really kind of turned into hero ball way too much. And I think now you look at a team where they really do play together. I think the other thing that was, and I mentioned this in the postgame video, they played smart. You didn't see guys just jacking up dumb shots two seconds into the possession, you know? You saw them, they, I mean, you're going to take 40, 50 shots, 60 a game. I don't know what the possession thing is, but, you know, some of them are going to be dumb shots. But by and large, they ran the clock down on almost every possession. God, they did ball control better than our football team has all year. But uh, that was the thing about it. They played well as a team. You saw some offense, some passing in there that uh, I guess I don't know enough about basketball. That, well, uh, let, let's, let's, let's call it for what it is here. Fred Hoiberg can coach basketball. Fred Hoiberg can coach basketball. And when, when he was at Iowa State, the reason that he succeeded there was, A, he did bring – an MBA mentality to the program. And he also is an incredible game planner, but more important than that, you know, people want to say about how he should thrive with the portal and he's always brought in transfer players. People forget that when he came to Iowa state, there were three and three or four key pieces to the puzzle that stayed on that basketball team from the previous team. And there was strong leadership. And when Hoiberg started bringing in other players, those people, those leaders that were there, you know, they taught him the Cyclone way. Now, that team played together as a team. They played a very wide open, three-point shooting, spread the floor kind of basketball that's similar to what we see in the NBA. So Fred Hoiberg can coach and he can have teams play like, like a team. The problem at Nebraska was he'd never had that leadership and he was bringing in players that didn't meld together. But compounding the problem is they played a style of basketball that was not conducive to success in the Big Ten. So what has Fred Hoiberg done? He's completely changed his approach to the kind of team that he wants to put on the floor. And the Nebraska team looks more like a Big Ten basketball team now. And they're playing some defense. I mean, goodness gracious. I didn't know this until right before we came on air, but apparently Trev Alberts has got a little propaganda video out there where he brought in two of the Nebraska basketball players to his office and gave them black shirts because of the level of defense that they played last night or yesterday against Creighton. So, you know, it's a it, video. that is it, a cool it, it, it is a cool video. I think it's kind of cool that the basketball team gets some notice. So give 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 Fred Hoiberg some credit. You know, he said, "Okay, I can't beat him with the way that I want to play, so we're going to adjust." And they are adjusting and playing Big Ten style basketball right now. We'll see how they do once they get in the conference. One of one of the things. Okay, transfer portal. Good God, transfer portal, Todd. Yeah, are you worried? I you know. Uh, somebody on the on Twitter put out a spreadsheet, a Google spreadsheet that you can link to, and I was looking at it. We have 128, or we had 128 players on our roster. That's a lot of players. That's probably mm -hmm. about 20 more than most rosters have. So I think if people are looking out there and they're going, "Oh my God, we're losing players," uh, it was losing players and. 
we still have a lot to go because honestly, there there's a lot of guys that probably don't need to be at Nebraska next year. I I really haven't seen anybody I'm completely traumatized by. Uh, we lost a kicker, I think, and I don't know. Has anybody gone in the portal that really you just kind of went, oh my god, not that guy? Yeah, one. Who I I'm sad to see Ernest Hausman in the. Oh, that's portal. true. Yes, yes, and, that is and, true. From what I understand, I heard some follow-up there. You know, some people said, well, you know, just because he's in the portal doesn't mean he can't come back. Well, apparently, Ernest Hausman, in some capacity, responded to that comment, and he has said, no, he is moving on. He will not be back at Nebraska. And, you know, in some respects, who can blame him? I mean, and, and, you know, just bear with me here. Anyone who thinks that – every football player out there commits to the college or university and not to the coach or coaching staff. Uh, Times have changed, folks. And when you think about Ernest Hausman came in as a true freshman and he was, uh, if you know anything about his background, you know, this isn't a kid that grew up drinking, you know, Cornhusker Kool-Aid. Um, but he also committed to Nebraska fairly early on, but the, his position coach, his head coach, they're both gone. Um, he had a decent season, decent season for a, a, a freshman starting at linebacker, a true freshman. And, you know, Ernest Hausman is now of the belief, you know what? I didn't, I didn't go out and, and, uh, smell the roses. I'm going to go and see, you know, what else is out there. And, you know that one. That one does kind of hurt. Okay, uh, Deion Sanders. Should we talk about Deion Sanders? Well, who? Yeah, let's talk about I, Deion. Sanders. I, I was going to do a video about Deion Sanders yesterday, and then I, honest to God, I I just had too much brain stuff. I did do the reaction video to Creighton because it was easy, and quite frankly, I was happy. And happiness makes everybody feel better. But uh, Deion Sanders, I was going to do. I might still do a video about Deion Sanders. What do you think of Deion Sanders to Colorado? Um, I think it makes sense for Colorado. Um, the reason I think it makes sense is because football football has plummeted there at Colorado in terms of being a priority. And, you know, you got to go way, 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 way back, uh, you know, to, you know, when it was a priority, when they funded the sport, when, um, you know, the fan base was solidly behind it. And, and when they were bringing in high-level recruits. It's it's really floundered, contrary to the fact that they beat Nebraska the last couple of times they played. Um, but but here's the deal. They need something uh, to, to spur some interest out there. And there's no question that Deion Sanders is going to bring attention to their program. Um, and, and, you know, he kind of he, – he, he fits into – you know, that kind of a West Coast, and I understand Colorado's not on the West Coast, but for God's sakes, they play in the Pac-12. So, um, you know, he kind of fits into into that type of uh, uh, where, where, where there's a lot of attention, you know, that's going to be placed upon him. Now, you hear they don't have the money to pay him, 
And the AD is saying, well, we're going to come up with it. Well, <laughs> okay. Um, I just, yeah. That could be interesting. Um, I, I also heard, and I haven't seen anything tangible, but apparently he basically told all of the current Colorado players, get into the portal. I'm bringing new people in. And that could be kind of interesting to see how that yeah. works out. Um, yeah, I, you know, Deion Sanders was going to get, uh, uh, you know, a big time position somewhere. And why not? You think I'll, so? Yeah, I think so. I think somebody okay, was going to get here's, here's the take I have on Deion Sanders. I think he got the, he got the, he's going to Colorado because that is the only offer he had to move up. Because I think when you look at it, listen, if you did church or you did church stuff, you did education stuff in the public sector, Todd, I, I've done business. Okay. From a business guy's point of view from Deion Sanders, you look at Deion Sanders and the one thing that business people don't like to invest in, it's iffy things. You know what I mean? They don't like uh, kind of, you know, things that aren't sure. So when you look at Deion Sanders, you kind of look at him and go, okay, his nickname is Primetime. And what is his nickname might as well be Attention Whore. You know, and I'm not, that's not a rip on him because I, for God's sakes, I'm an attention whore. You know, I was a class clown when I was a kid. I still am kind of a class clown. I was a class clown all the way through college, right? He's not you know, even paying attention. Yeah, I am. I am paying attention. I, <laughs> okay. But I mean, you said, you said early on that it wasn't a given that, that Deion Sanders would be, you know, uh, 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 power five coach or, or whatever. So I still haven't heard you say why all you said is he's an attention whore and Colorado was the only job available to him. To him. I think because most ADs looked at him and said, okay, if he's here one year and it doesn't work out the way he wanted to, is he just going to go on and do the next, uh, do the next Dion thing that gets him attention? I think that's the, the take, they are taking a chance on him and he sure. is taking a chance on Colorado because Colorado is a hellscape. They, they don't have the money to pay his contract. Oh, we'll come up with a fight. What? You're going to have your own weed farms? You're trafficking in Nebraska? What are you going to do there? I mean, I think I saw somewhere where his contract is heavily incentive laden. Now, granted, Deion Sanders, if he goes to Colorado and actually makes them into anything, kind of like Lance Leipold has at Kansas, I mean, he's going to look like a god of a coach. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at, what is it, Jackson State where he coached? Yep. Okay. His record is phenomenal, but his record should have been phenomenal for the players he was bringing in. Because yes, that, that's in, very true. Very true. Yeah. He, he was playing against lower-level teams with high-level players. I mean, he should have been beating the shit out of everybody. So when you go to Colorado, you know, is that same thing going to happen? Is Deion Sanders going to go there? And what if the first year or two are really freaking miserable? and he doesn't do this, then Deion Sanders is just going to get up and he's going to go be Deion Sanders doing something else. You know, yeah, that's I, the, it's a chance. It's a huge chance with him because guess what? Deion Sanders doesn't need the money. I, you know, Matt Rule said, Matt Rule doesn't need the money, but we've seen where he's done interviews where he's just basically said, uh, I love coaching and I want to coach. Is Deion Sanders that same type of guy? Well, I, I'll tell you what, I think Deion Sanders does enjoy coaching. I think he does. Um, 
And and I think that he also recognizes that uh, Colorado is an opportunity for him. Uh, that and and you're perhaps right. There, you know, nothing else was available to him. And so what? So if he if he comes if he comes to if he if he comes to Colorado, and you know if he's miserable at Colorado. He's still going to be able to land somewhere on his feet if he wants to continue coaching because of the success that he has shown at Jackson State. I think, you know, I think what's unfortunate is that since he was at Jackson State, there have been some other high-profile coaches that have, you know, gone to the historical black colleges and universities. Eddie George is coaching at oh, one of them. Yeah, I, I can't that. tell you which one, but Eddie George is coaching at one of those colleges now. Uh, and there's another one, and I'm, 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 I apologize for not being prepared for that. But, you know, I would like to see those colleges, those teams, you know, be as competitive as they were years ago um, you know, you still will see a few of those players get to the NFL, but holy moly, back in the day when Eddie Robinson had Grambling flying, you know, um, a lot of good players came out of Grambling. And, you know, I, I guess that's why maybe I'm a little bit disappointed because, you know, Deion Sanders, he could he could have turned Jackson State. I mean, he had a five-star recruit. He had more five-star recruits at yeah. Jackson State than half of the Big Ten had combined. Yeah. So he should have been winning games. I don't know. I think it's a big uh, – I think Colorado is in a position where they have to take that kind of a chance. And I do see it as a huge chance. I see well, it as yeah. a huge, you know, gamble on their part to see what we can do with this. And you kind of look at – somebody earlier said their AD is kind of sketchy. Well, they're, you know, their program's kind of sketchy, isn't it? You know what I mean? They just don't have any money in the Pac-12. That whole conference just screwed itself so badly with the decisions they made about TV money and stuff. And and quite frankly, I'm not probably caring as much about college football as a, as a spearhead for their universities as they might. But... Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I guess it'll be interesting. We, I think his first game is against us. Yeah, at least, uh, at least his first home game is. And, yeah. you know, I, I think it's just hilarious again how everybody's pounced on, you know, first of all, it's hilarious that the AD, as soon as they announce that Deion Sanders is going to be the head coach, you know, then he goes on and, and tells season ticket holders at Colorado, don't sell your tickets to Nebraska fans. You know, it's like, Oh, are you kidding me? You know, I mean, how stupid is that? And, you know, be, <laughs> that's just dumb. And then, you know, once again, uh, you know, Nebraska fans, they're, you know, talking trash, talking smack about, you know, Colorado and all, you know, they're, they're you know, the, how, how pathetic they've been recently. But, you know, here, here's my prediction for that game out there. Once again, there will be as much red in the stadium as there will be people wearing black and gold. I mean, it's it's going to happen again, and and uh, unless unless the university hires you know like the national guard 
to prevent people wearing red in the stadium. It will it will be another home game for Nebraska. Yeah, Chris Tessing says, yeah, their AD threatening fans not to sell their tickets they never buy in the first place was weird. In case you <laughs> hadn't heard it, Colorado's athletic director asked that fans not sell their tickets to Nebraska people, which, okay, it just, you know, it's kind of like telling your daughter not to do something when she's 12. Then you might as well have just said, go do this and irritate me. You had a daughter. I had a daughter. Yeah. Like. You know, that's a game that I wouldn't mind. I've always wanted to go to a game out at uh, Colorado and never got to one. So maybe that's one I might need to put on my calendar and possibly consider traveling out to. Oh, jeez. I get I, the mouse. Uh, okay. And come on. <sighs> Cornesker Corner, Colorado needs to be completely rebuilt. They do. Dion's shenanigans with his son and basically telling the CU players to transfer wouldn't work at Nebraska. True. No, it wouldn't. And I, you know, people earlier had, had asked me to do a video about Dion Sanders as Nebraska's coach. And I, I didn't really, uh, you know, I, I never did it. Somebody had said, do it for the views. And I thought, yeah, I could, but I don't think he would ever be a candidate for us. So I never, I never did it. Uh, is that enough Deion Sanders? It, can there be too much Deion Sanders? <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's, I think it's certainly going to cause some headlines. I mean, you know, Jim Jim Harbaugh took up space in the college, you know, sphere for weirdness, for articles for a while. Remember the what was that thing he said about chickens, a nervous bird? Remember yeah, that? something about that. Okay, yeah, okay. That's enough of Deion Sanders. College football playoff. I am thoroughly disappointed that. With that emotional plea that Nick Saban made to the committee, that a seven and two Alabama team was not chosen to be in the football playoffs. I mean, come on, come on. Nick Saban basically groveled at you know the feet of all that is college football and and the fact that the committee turned its back on nick saban is very disappointing to me um is it well yeah because you know a seven and two alabama team <laughs> seven and two alabama team should should be in the playoffs they are one of the best teams in the nation, Todd. Did and I Nick say seven Saban. and two? Nick, I didn't mean Nick, seven and two. That'd be a that'd be an eleven and two, a two loss. Not my numbers are off. Ten and two, two loss Alabama team, a two loss Alabama team. You know, hey, look, a three loss Alabama team should at least be in consideration. The, look at it this way: Who's Vegas? gonna put their odds on if well, that is true if alabama played tcu this week who's the favorite if alabama plays ohio state this weekend who's the favorite 
The only team. Oh that my now, God! You're starting to sound like a serious person. <laughs> well, you see, this is where I'm talking out of both of my holes, and <laughs> Alabama absolutely does not deserve to be in the playoff. They're a seven and two team that didn't even win their own division. But yeah. by the same token. If you're going to look at the odds, who'd be the favorite? Now, I, I did a reaction video, or I did a short video about the college football playoff. And during that video, I asked if people were going to uh, watch the college football playoff and if they were going to be watching bowl games. And honestly, I thought that, it, you know, with most of my constituency being Nebraska fans, that they would say, no, I'm burned out or no, I'm exhausted. But by and large, I think most of the comments have been that people – are going to watch the bowl games. They're going to watch as much college football as they can, and they're going to watch the playoffs. And I think uh, M. Gaboski is with us here. I mean, the top four teams, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and the Ohio State Buckeyes, who got destroyed by Michigan. And I, I it's two Big Ten teams. You know, which I think is deserving because we've had to yeah. hear oh, about the SEC and the SEC and then the SEC and the SEC. Uh, I think it's exciting. So you got Georgia versus Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. Yeah. Uh, everybody thinks that TCU doesn't belong. But, you know, all well, they did was win their games. Wait, wait a minute. We need, to, we need to take a comment here from Linda. Uh, Linda Wilkins, our regular... Congrats to Adrian for winning the Big 12 over TCU. You just got to wonder what he could have done at Nebraska without that guy that we fired. Yeah. Well, okay, and true, and congrats to Adrian. I think, you know, we've said all along we're Adrian fans. But pull up pull up Bob. Is it Bob Maston? I can't read without my glasses. This Bob's one? How can teams lose their championship games and make the playoffs? Reminds me of NUC year, the year we got hammered and still played in the national championship game. That's what I was asking on Sunday. Because when you get down to it, you have two conference champions in the playoffs. You've got Georgia and you've got Michigan. The only two that won their conference. So – Skip the first round of the playoffs and just let those two play. TCU gets beat in their, in their championship game. Ohio State doesn't even make their championship game. USC was in the top four, and they got beat in their championship game, and it knocked them out of the playoffs. Alabama was like the sixth-ranked team or whatever. They didn't even make their championship game. I mean, why do we even play conference championship games if it doesn't mean something, oh, what does it mean? It means billions of dollars in the pockets of the conferences. That's what it means. That's the only reason that you even play that game. You know, USC would have been better off if they would have said, um, we have 33% of our players that have come down with an acute case of COVID. We can't play. And then they would have been in the playoffs. TCU, that's, that's TCU could have said, you know, well, you know, we're morally and ethically opposed to play in the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys stadium because Jerry Jones witnessed all of the bullying and harassment at Little Rock High School when they integrated 
back in the 1950s or 60s, and he's a piece of crap, and therefore our Christian values will not allow us to play in that football game. You know? So my, I know this is a bunch of bullshit, but the point of the matter is, is get rid of these damn championship games, these conference championship games, and, you know, let teams earn it based upon a regular season. It's stupid, stupid that Kansas wow. State, Kansas State won the Big 12 championship. They beat TCU. They should be in the playoff, if anybody should. Utah should be in the playoff. Who won the well, ACC? Clemson? I, somebody. <laughs> I, think, I think so. Oh, my God, I didn't even pay attention to that game. <laughs> you know, I think you'll get your wish when it expands to 12 teams. They'll start, you know. I don't know if they're getting rid of conference championships, though, when they do that. Doesn't sound because like it. No, because I, there's money there. But it sounded to me like with one of the things I heard about the 12-team playoff is that the conference champion team of the five power five conferences and number six, whoever that is, uh, they will get in, and then they'll fill in with everybody else. Uh, well, I think it's interesting. I think it's, you know, what if we have a Michigan-Ohio State rematch? Good. Good for the Big Ten. Not going to happen, but good for the Big Ten. You don't think so? You don't think Georgia can beat Ohio State? I mean, Ohio State can beat Georgia? No. Georgia's going to thump Ohio State. Georgia's going to thump Michigan. Georgia is playing at a level far beyond any of the other teams that are in college football this year. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. I just, come on. Run with it. Michigan, Ohio State for a national title. Oh, it would be the cool. Fan, the fan base that loses would just completely – we would get to watch some of the most, I don't know, just weeping terror, just dissolving of people. Like their bodies would dissolve like that, uh, I don't know, Indiana Jones guy that looked at the <laughs> art. Well, Ryan Day, if if, if that happened and, and and Ohio State loses to Michigan twice in one year, yeah, I think Ryan Day would seriously have to be concerned about his job. Probably his health. Uh, okay. MK wants to know if you were feeling okay. That was during the your sorrowful thing for Nick Saban. Yeah, Beetle B is I'm burned out by Husker football, but not college football in general. Well, that's good. We have a ways to go to get Husker football back. Linda has a question, Todd, that you can answer. Yeah, that is why, a good That is a why good is question. It, go ahead why and is it. it the, <laughs> Linda Wilkin asks, Wilkins asks, why is it the Big Ten ladies volleyball has no championship game? Why is that? Uh, I didn't they used to play an NCAA or a tournament? I think they used to have a tournament, but with yeah, here's the deal: you're shooting yourself in the foot if you yeah. have a conference tournament in some respects. And um, right now, you know, the Big Ten Conference, what they have six or seven teams. They have the most teams standing right now. SEC had one more team make it into the tournaments than the Big Ten did. I think the SEC is down to two. Um, you know, the Big Ten plays 
a, a pretty extensive schedule. And you'd have to drop at least two Big Ten games, regular season games, at least two of them to fit a tournament in. So I, I think, uh, you know, on that topic, you know, the Big Ten Conference and the Big Ten Network has elevated volleyball to uh, a, a true spectator sport. I mean, people love to watch it. What is interesting to me is how the NCAA totally, you know, screwed the pooch with the tournament this year with no live coverage on a network of the first two rounds. You had to subscribe to ESPN Plus to watch any first round volleyball games. That's pathetic. You know, they're showing crappy tournaments from some ballroom in Las Vegas basketball tournament or something like that against two teams that nobody even gives a rat's ass about, and they can't show any college volleyball. Um, NCAA to wake up. I, I turned on ESPNU, I think, to watch Nebraska basketball. I watched was going to watch something, and there was belt sander races or some damn thing going on. I was like, what the, what the hell is this? I didn't even know. But it was bizarre. And, yeah, you're right. They could have been. I think they really, really want to sell the ESPN Plus subscriptions. Well, sure they do. Sure they do. Yeah. And uh, just like a lot of those streaming services, I mean, you know, we, that's a – conversation for another time but i haven't heard i hope that our game with oregon um coming up i hope that that's broadcast but you know then again folks the best kept secret in the state of nebraska is listening to john baylor and lauren cook west on the radio broadcast a volleyball game i mean those two are just outstanding you know what? Let's. Uh, I think Nebraska volleyball plays Thursday. Oregon. Do they not? Um, whatever day they play Oregon, I know that. Yeah, that's right. I see it now. MK puts ten o'clock Thursday morning. Ten o'clock Thursday morning. Oh my goodness gracious! Against Oregon. Oh, here it yeah. is. Nebraska. Here's the press release. Uh, it will be. The Huskers are 26 and 5, and the Ducks 25 and 5 are the number two and three seeds, respectively, in the Louisville Regional. Uh, Louisville Cardinals will face number four seed Baylor. Those are all big name teams. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPNU. How many television sets and elementary classrooms in the state of Nebraska are going to be tuned in to volleyball at 10 o'clock Thursday morning? I'll, I'll tell you what, there'll be a lot of school kids watching volleyball Thursday morning. You know, I was at the Minnesota Regional a few years ago and, and sat in the press conference with the Oregon coach, and I was really impressed by him. Uh, he was building a program there that, you know, they didn't previously had. And that was – I Oregon, I think, in Minnesota went to a game, played a match that went – that. Oregon won 41 to 39. It had to be the most incredible sporting match I'd ever be any kind of sports event I'd ever been to because I mean, 41 to 39 in a volleyball team game. It was just, you know, one team would get one point ahead and then the other team, the whole place was exhausted. I mean, everybody just laid down and went to sleep in the immature pavilion in Minnesota after that game. Anyway, uh, let's see what else we got going on. 
we're running through our topics, Todd. I do have a question for you about wrestling. And I know people want to probably hear about football. Early in the season, Nebraska lost, lost some duels. Yeah. And I didn't understand why they lost them. Were they just trying different players, and then they go out to Las Vegas and they win this one? Well, they tournament just trying teams, to see. You, here, here's the deal. If you've got some, if you got you know three, four, five studs on your wrestling team, you can rack up a lot of points in a tournament. That's different than a duel. Um, that's why in the sport, actually, you have two different team ratings. You have dual team ratings and you have tournament ratings. Now, it doesn't matter in Division One this year. Penn State's won in both of them, and they're just going to wipe everybody off the face of the earth. They're that they? good. Yes, oh. they, 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 they are that good. Um, but the uh, Nebraska, the, the, you know, early in the season, they had some, you know, some guys who had never seen the mat at the college level. They were out there wrestling in the now they've got a few of the more experienced guys that are wrestling, uh, particularly in the lower weights, 125 and 133. In the first, you know, couple duels this year, they were they were wrestling guys that didn't have much experience at all. So that's been helpful. Um, but I'll tell you what, the the success out at Las Vegas, um, you know, the guys who should do well did do well. But there were some guys that really stepped up to the plate and wrestled well. Brock Hardy at 141 pounds surprised a lot of people and was a champion. Um, and uh, so Silas Aldred at uh, 197, he's a, a young man who's who's going to be good. I think he ended up placing fourth or fifth, but um, he's doing you know really well. So Nebraska is going to have to fight like the Dickens at the end of the year uh, to have any chance in placing in the top four or five at the NCAA tournament. I, they could be a top 10 team, but this year in wrestling, it's Penn state and whoever else, uh, you know, can, can persevere and uh, get a few guys on the, on the stand. That's going to be how it is. I think Iowa is probably the second best team, but um, you know, so, yeah, that's there's your wrestling bit right now. Um, I, you know, there's been so much that um, has just gone on this week that, you know, it, uh, like I said, I'm still trying to suck off of that beating Iowa high. But, you know, I mean, because we beat Iowa and and that's great. Um but isn't it interesting that Michigan quarterback, uh, who who uh, played, who was you know their starting quarterback a year ago, McNamara, he uh, is going to be a grad transfer to Iowa. Uh, so Iowa seems to think now they've solved their offensive problems. They just don't realize that their offensive problem is the son of the head coach. So, um, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think. I, if people are complaining about the audio, you're kind of cracking a little. I think that what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to try a different service in the next couple of weeks and see what happens. Um, just because we we've, we've kind of gone back and forth with the tech support on we use restream. We might look at a different service or different ways of doing this because uh, we do want to provide the best quality show we can for you guys. Yeah, that's too bad because I know that we can't tell until we. 
have an opportunity to replay it. So, um, you know, th there's there was a couple of comments that came through, you know, that apparently some folks joined us a little bit late. Um, we, uh, you know, asking us to talk about the basketball game and, and, you know, it's, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but we did talk quite a bit about it and, and it feels awful good, uh, you know, to be one up on Creighton right now. Um, well, here's but, the key with that, Todd. We, we, Creighton was number seven and we yep. beat them on the road. Okay. There That's are next huge. two games. The next two games are going to be at number 14, Indiana. I don't know if uh, you've noticed this, but the Indiana people tend to pay attention to their basketball a little bit more than we do. And then our next game after that, number four, number four, Purdue comes to Nebraska on the 10th. The next game is on the 7th and the 10th after that. So I guess if we're going to look at, uh, you know, how, how can this team play basketball? Are they going to be any good? Well, they got two really big challenges coming up in their next two games. Here's what I think is interesting about basketball, because I do pay attention to Big Ten basketball at a certain level. We know that Nebraska basketball is probably the worst Power Six program uh, in the nation. Historically, we just have not been good at basketball. Here's the thing. I like to pay attention to other fans, teams' fan bases, you know. And there are times when I watch Purdue's fan base completely go ballistic, just insane. Kind of like Ohio State is doing with Ryan Day right now. They are There are a lot of people at Ohio State very upset with that loss to Michigan. Uh, Ryan Day is like 45-4. and four. That's his record. And there's people that want him fired. <laughs> but the thing, the reason why I'm telling you this is this. We're going to play Indiana and Purdue, two of the top ten, two of the best teams in the nation. I don't know what's going to happen. But if, but if we suddenly get blown out by one of them, or both of them even, it's not a reason to just throw everything and burn the whole fucking place down just because of that. Because uh, Purdue, if we beat Purdue, I can guarantee you there will be Boilermaker fans that completely lose their minds over this. And it will be... This is why I want us to beat Indiana and Purdue. Because, because beating... Beating Indiana and Purdue counts as losses for them way more than it does in football. And it hurts them. And I want to hurt them. I want to see them weep. <laughs> That's my well, bet on basketball. It, it'd be nice to get one of them. It'd be nice to get one of them. You know, um, there was uh, something that I saw just kind of glancing at some of the questions. Any updates on the defensive coordinator? Um you know, I don't have any any insight on, you know, who they're looking at um, or who are possibilities. But I guess what I'm thinking right now, and this could be way, way off base, I think Matt Rule probably knows who he wants to hire to fill out the rest of his staff. But I'm I'm guessing that maybe some of those coaches are still coaching. And their teams, you know, are in positions where, at least at this point in time, um, you know, they can't they 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 can't commit um, to being you know part of the the Cornhusker staff. You know, they one of the one of the rumors I heard out there was the co um, the co coordinator at Georgia. No way, no way can that guy 
right. take a job at Nebraska right now. And, uh, you know, because they haven't named the defensive coordinator, I'm actually kind of hopeful that it might be that guy. My, my rumor on the defensive coordinator that he was uh, still coaching in the NFL or something and wouldn't join us for a while. So yeah. I, you know, who knows? I, you know, we have a while before. Oops, we have a while before. I just did that one. Oh my God, I'm losing it. Uh, I, I missed the comment. Bob Mastin, that's who it was. Bob Mastin says, Alex, uh, Iowa's without a quarterback for the bowl game. Yeah, they're going to have to play like their th their third or fourth teamer because Padilla already uh, Padilla announced for. Uh, the portal and uh, Spencer Petrus, Petrus, he's uh, got uh, a broken hand, so they're gonna, you know, have to go down and and put a guy out there that hasn't seen the field at all. Um, now, yeah, now watch that guy will light things up. You know, that's just kind of the way it goes. Um, you know, yeah, go ahead. Blaine Cole, question yes. for the host. Does Nebraska employ a sports psychologist? Who is it, Todd? I don't know who it is. It used to be Jack Stark, but um, they have they have a room full of them. That Nebraska has made a very strong commitment uh, to uh, sports psychology, and um, they have individuals that um, work with athletes across the board. Um, it's part of the training program that they have, but it's also um, it's it's really diverse as well because not only do they utilize professionals um, to help players develop, you know, their their mindsets and and you know to help them deal with uh, things to enhance their athletic performance, but in this day and age, they also have a lot of mental health professionals that help them deal with some of the struggles that they're also facing. So, um, yes, they have sports psychologists, and it's a, an extensive program at, at, uh, at Nebraska. Ralph Davis says Wisconsin is playing their third-string QB, two first time seeing the field. Graham Mertz entered the transfer portal. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I saw that, and I was like, is this like an Adrian Martinez situation, you think, where he just felt like I'm not doing that well here? Maybe I'll try it somewhere else just to see yeah, what happens. You know, it could be. Could be. And new head coach. You know, new head coach coming in that, you know, maybe um, he doesn't think that his style is uh, – his skill set's going to line up, um, you know, with with what Coach Fickle has in mind. Um, and, you know, let's face it, Graham Mertz has not lived up to the billing that he had coming in. Uh, you know, he came he in with a lot recruited. of accolades. Yeah. 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 He was going to be the guy that put them over the top. Yeah, he was. A lot of pressure. A lot of pressure to be that guy. Notre Dame's quarterback left too, you know, and uh, Notre Dame was not that good a football team this year. Vanessa Wyatt, hi Vanessa, says, has Casey Thompson made a decision? Not one that he's let us know. Yeah, not to not to my knowledge. He hasn't come public with it. I, I personally would like to see him return uh, because, you know, at least I know what we're getting. 
Yeah, I, I want to have some guy show up and then I just have to hear about he's going to be great. He's the greatest quarterback I've ever coached. And then, you know, because my skepticism is going to kick in this year every time I read that kind of stuff. Well, here's a couple. I'm, I'm keeping my eye on over here with some of the questions. Ron Brown, you know, who knows with Ron Brown? Ron Brown had kind of an off the field uh, assignment, you know, with Scott Frost. Um I, I don't know if Coach Rule is going to look to to maintain Ron Brown's presidents. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, another question that came up uh, had to do with um, oh now I lost it. Um, what, what what was it? Oh, another it was about another uh, quarterback. Has Frost been hired by somebody? Not to my knowledge. I haven't heard that. Fro- oh, if there if there was a spot he could fill, would you consider Taylor Martinez for? Is Taylor Martinez coaching? Not that I, I I don't know what he's doing. I thought he was all about apps, designing yeah. apps or something like yeah, that. I don't I don't think that he's coaching anywhere that I know of. We don't need a coach on the staff and co- and, th- and coach rule knows this. We don't need a coach on the staff that hasn't coached. Um, Taylor Martinez was not that good of a quarterback anyway. He could run. Wow, shots fired. He could run. He could run, 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 run. But Uh, Okay, what else we got? There are bowl games coming up, but we have next week. Uh, You know what? We have a couple minutes. What are you going to do for Christmas, Todd? Oh, we'll spend Christmas with my family and we'll spend some time with my wife, with my mother-in-law. And um, I think we're going to have to hit the road a little bit this year. Uh, We have ever since we've been married, we've had to travel for Christmas, except for maybe a handful of years. But um, yeah, we'll we'll get together and spend some time with family. How about yourself? My my old my brother called and he ordered me back to my hometown of Curtis, Nebraska, on December 18th, excuse me, because he said that my family would be there and I was expected to be there. And I haven't been back to my hometown since I was dead. You know, John, I, I, I have avoided it because it's probably going to screw with my brain to the point that I, it's going to explode. I could probably screw with your brain too, from the standpoint that uh, this is some irony here. Didn't think about it till just now. My wife has been all over. We boxed. We were living in this little apartment, and I wanted to bring in boxes of photos and scrapbooky kinds of stuff, and I said I'd sort through it. Well, I started sorting through some of it yesterday, and I left off on a whole bunch of pictures from the first time that I was actually in Curtis, Nebraska, and that was uh, that was at your wedding. And oh. um, <laughs> And? Th- there are a lot of things that I remember about that wedding, and now there are many more things that I remember about that <laughs> wedding. After looking at some of those pictures, the one thing that the one thing for sure, John, is that you and I were both a hell of a lot better looking when we were in our <laughs> when we were in our mid to upper twenties. <laughs> um, but no, it, it's kind of kind of funny because the, the whenever I think of Curtin's, Nebraska, I think of the hotel that we stayed in which was basically um, a trailer, the trailer. Yeah. And they had four, four little, you could not open the door all the way to get into our hotel room 
because the bed took up that much space and that's how small the room was. But I think that particular night uh, after the rehearsal dinner and after we left the bars, I think we had like 15 people in our dinky little hotel room and ended up some people slept in their cars outside. I mean, it was, it was, it was a great time. Great time. Owen Walker says, will this be the last Monday night therapy for a while? I think we're just going to keep doing these, aren't we, Todd? We'll keep doing them. And as long as people show up and, you know, here's, here's the thing that I've noticed. A lot of you guys ask some, some uh, awesome questions and some of the comments you make really give us a chuckle. And, and, uh, you know, we've got a basketball season, we got wrestling season, we got some more volleyball to play. And of course, you know, for a lot of Nebraska fans, their second favorite season is football off season. So we probably have plenty that we can chat about. And, you know, if we notice that people aren't showing up, I guess we can call it good. And I don't know what I'll watch on TV on Monday night when the voice is over, but I'm sure we can figure <laughs> something out. You don't watch any Monday night football? Yeah, I do. The Mannings are on tonight. So yeah, what the hell? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know anything else. It, it's going to be interesting. I, I might try to uh, go and spend like a week uh because, you know, it used to be when I was, well, before I died, <laughs> I'd get in a car and I'd just drive 12 hours straight, you know, and it wouldn't bother me at all. I could stay up till four in the morning and function the next day. And uh, I can't do that anymore. It, it, we'll see what happens if I get in a car because my wife can't go because she works for a church and you can't ask people to take time off on church during Christmas because she actually is doing the children's stuff and all that stuff. And, uh, so I'll probably be going by myself, which means uh, I God knows what shenanigans I can get into by myself. But uh, I don't know. I don't know anything else. I'm going to get well, fried out here. I look forward to Monday nights, and it's nice to see so many familiar faces that have shown up in the chat. And, you know, if we can, uh, if we can take an hour of your time on Monday nights so you guys can – uh, maybe get away from some of the stresses that you have in your regular life and listen to a couple of old farts drone on and on about whatever, you know, we enjoy doing it. One thing, one last thing I'll say, I'm lousy at this. You can go get this beautiful jacket at, at cobbycorn.com. December 11th is the last day that you can buy this stuff for Christmas if you're going to get things for Christmas because you every people in your life need this. They need this. They do. But since it is print on demand, and so it does take a while. It is not instantaneous. I don't have an inventory. Uh, there you go. I And I think that's it. And I'm going to go watch the Mannings, I think. All right. Well, hey, good night, John. Good night, Todd.